Welcome to the favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. Huge, huge show. Brad Evans from Yahoo Sports is coming on. Blackjack is back with me on the show. Good to see you, buddy. I imagine it would be if I was you, yes. Oh, I'm seeing you, seeing a lot of your chest hair. Oh, it's not that much. Only a couple of buttons undone today. It's cooler today. It's nice. It is nicer today. And you guys on the Yahoo, on the uh, Yahoo, on the uh, Action Network Sirius XM show, you and Paul LaDuca today, mm-hmm. uh, you're getting nonstop fantasy calls, I know. Yes. Which is why I'm so excited that Brad Evans is coming on, because Brad is a longtime fantasy expert covering fantasy for Yahoo Sports. Also, by the way, a bit of a gambling expert. Mm-hmm. I think we should bring him on. Let's do it. Hello, Brad. Hola, amigos. Uh, would it be inappropriate for me to get entangled in Blackjack's chest hair? It would not. You're invited anytime you like, buddy. Uh, oh, he he would love that. Uh, let's do a quick bio on Brad. Writer for Yahoo Sports. Captain of Hashtag Team Huevos and host of the Fantasy Record podcast with Brandon Funston. Well, you that is with. correct. Uh, I also have a television show that's uh, syndicated nationally called the Fantasy Football Hour. We're going to be back uh, for season four starting in late August. Fantasy Football Live, guys, believe it or not. Uh, by my calculations, I believe it's season 14 of the flagship show on YahooSports.com. Um, we're going to be on the road week one. Uh, we're going to reveal exactly where that location is, uh, but I'm really jacked for that. And I'm on a Cal Ripken streak. I have not, uh, you know, knock on wood, which is my head, missed a show in 13 seasons through all the hangovers and sicknesses. So it's wow. uh, been a hell of a run. You've made every single show for 13 seasons what is that, like 13 times 17? Well, 16, because we usually don't do a week 17 show, though I think we had a couple of week 17 shows early on. But regardless, it's math that is almost incomputable for me. True. So basically what you're saying is over the past 13 years, you've essentially worked like, you know, 200 days, and you'd like us to applaud you for it. Yeah, why not? See, Brad, that's that's the typical response from someone in management. They don't appreciate the work that you're putting in. I, on the other hand, say you're a warrior, and Yahoo should should kiss the ground you walk on. I've that's worked right. I've worked 16, 16 weekends in a row from what? September to December for the past thirteen years. That's what he's yeah, saying. I mean, yes, I've been trudging through the snow. I've dealt with flight delays. I mean, it's uh, it's been an impoverished life. Let me tell you. How did you get into the fantasy sports business? Uh, Slipped my way to the top, naturally. (laughs) I mean, come on. Why not? Um, Yeah, me too. Yeah, I mean, exactly, Blackjack. I mean, you got to do whatever you got to do to to get what you want in this business. Um, No, so long story short, I was a teacher, believe it or not, uh, screwing up impressionable young minds in Champaign, Illinois, go Illini. Uh, for six years, and I stumbled across a column written by one uh, and only Matthew Barry, of course, now of ESPN.com fame. Chad, guy, you know very well. Um, that was back in 2004, and he launched a site called TalentedMrRoto.com. I started posting on a message board. He goes, I like uh, you know, your writing style, your approach. He goes, you know, can you write long-form columns? I said, can I write? All I did in college as a history major was drink it and read and write papers. So absolutely. He goes, I can't pay you. 
Uh, but let's see where this goes. Submitted it, site took off, and then two years later I jumped to Yahoo when Matthew then uh, bolded for ESPN. And uh, that's it. Uh, long story short. Well, Matthew Barry, he invented you. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's, he's actually my dad. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> what is your take? Uh, what is your take on is fantasy gambling? It is gambling. Um, you know, I understand by the letter of the law, you know, people classify it as a skill game, but there's skill in, in sports betting as well. Uh, there's research uh, very similar, very symbiotic, and the approaches of sports bettors and fantasy players and how they look at injury news and notes and statistical trends and weather impacts, you know, that all goes into the stew uh, and cranks out the bowl of soup and what you want to bet on. Um, you know, we all consume very similarly. Uh, but there is an element of luck that is involved in all of this, uh, which you know kind of deviates from that skill game classification that a lot of state governments have bestowed upon the fantasy industry. But if you're putting money on it, uh, yeah, you put a little skin in the game, uh, it's called wagering, it's called betting, it's called gambling. You know, people always made the mistake that sort of the time horizon had a lot to do with betting and uh, and fantasy and if you played fantasy but you put a hundred dollars down in september and didn't get paid out until december well then you weren't really gambling because a gamble in a bet is something that you do beginning of a game and get paid out at the end of the game uh and that was completely sort of mistaken by i think a lot of people who are figuring out what these were and what's become interesting is future odds season win totals like those have become so much more commonplace as the betting conversation has expanded and a larger pool of people are coming in to the market and trying, starting to understand what sports betting really is. Um, one of the things I want to talk about today is how what's happened so far in the offseason is making you think about season win totals and what is it making you think about future odds uh, for the Super Bowl, Okay. Yeah, sounds great. So I'm the fir- glad you're bringing it up. The first thing, the first thing I want to talk about, uh, and this was a big subject on the serious show with Blackjack and Laduca today, was Odell Beckham Jr. And Odell Beckham Jr. had the story in GQ and said that he was the brand for the Giants. And I don't care about Odell Beckham leaving the Giants. Give me your take on the Browns as a uh, Super Bowl bet and as a season win total. The number is at nine and a half. What's the juice right now? Because last I checked, I believe it was plus odds on the over yeah, for the is. win total. Yep, yep. It is. Yeah, and I, and I think, uh, honestly, that'd be the direction that I lean. I mean, you look at the Vegas projected win totals in terms of strength of schedule, and the Cleveland Browns have the third easiest uh, right behind New England and the New York Jets. So it's very appealing. You know, offensive line's got some question marks, but, you know, Nick Chubb is a battering ram. He led all running backs uh, last season in yards after contact per attempt. Uh, you add in Odell Beckham and his explosiveness in the open field and his route savvy to go along with an underneath weapon that adds that balance in Jarvis Landry. David Njoku, you hope he got a hand transplant this past offseason because of all the drops that he's had over the last couple of seasons, but we know his athletic profile is through the roof. And I like Antonio Callaway as well as that complimentary outside weapon 
who is equally dynamic in terms of downfield contribution. So we go along with Baker Mayfield. Uh, maybe Duke Johnson sticks around, maybe not. Uh, you know, eventually you, you're going to get Kareem Hunt back off suspension, that eight gamer, uh, and the defensive upgrades as well. And I think that, you know, at plus 110, plus 115 on the over is a sage wager. However, if you're betting on the Cleveland Browns right now to win the Super Bowl, it's a dumb wager. There's no value there. Uh, I was in Vegas two weeks ago at Caesars uh, Palace, and the odds were eight to one for the Brownies Jeez. to hoist the Lombardi Trophy. Eight to one. I, you know, it's ridiculous. I know there has been an exodus of Browns fans that have flooded Sin City, and they're just like, oh, I gotta put twenty large on my Cleveland Browns. And it's, uh, you know, hammering that line down as a result of it. Uh, I think there are better bets on the board like the Colts, who I think are 11 or 12 to 1 yeah. in some locales. Uh, I think that's a team that is better constructed to contend against the New England Patriots in the AFC. But no way I'm betting on Cleveland to win the whole enchilada at 8 to 1. Yeah, I mean, and Brad, you mentioned about, about you know, the Browns, and you, you kind of like that over on the win total. Are you a little concerned that, you know, they've got a first-year head coach there in Freddie Kitchens and – this is a team that never has had an, ex- an expectation of winning, and now it's there. And I just worry that if they get out to maybe a one and two or a, you know two and four start, that that could be a lot of pressure on a young team with some personality on it. I think it's a fair assessment. But here's the good news of Freddie Kitchens is the fact that there is finally some continuity, right? Because you, you've got your holdover quarterback, the franchise guy in Baker Mayfield. Uh, you know, who can throw a football through a keyhole. He's so accurate. Uh, and having him, you know, Kitchens, you know, calling the shots at all, offensive coordinator and then later in the season uh, and that, you know, that head coaching position and, and having that carry over, I think, is invaluable uh, to the organization, to Mayfield as a whole. So, you know, that's been the bugaboo for Cleveland. It's just general impatience, you know, in the past. It's like, uh, you know, you, you draft a quarterback. It was Tim Couch or whoever. Uh, and then the next season, you had a different quarterback and a different head coach and a different OC. They, they would burn the house down and quickly rebuild, uh, hoping to strike it rich the very next year. Now, at least you have some consistency. And I think that is going to pay off enormously in 2019. But you're right. Uh, Cleveland's never been in a position where they're deemed the favorite. Can they really deliver under that, you know, guys, under that pressure? I think they can, um, especially when you have a guy like Odell Beckham to throw the ball to downfield. So you mentioned the Colts at 11 or 12 to 1. One of us uh, sitting here at this table who's not revealing his chest here bet the Colts at 20 to 1 oh, to win the Super Bowl. Uh, what do you think of that? Brad? Uh, I think that's sexy. Uh, I think that's an incredible value you got at 20 to 1. That's it's not sexy. Think. It's not, it's not, Brad, I have to disagree with you. You're, you've been probably the greatest guest we've ever had on this podcast so far. <laughs> but I have to disagree with you because it's throwing your money away. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick still live in the AFC. The Colts are not beating them. It's not happening. What do you think of... There's I... one team that has a potential to beat New England. It's Kansas City and that's it. Alright. Mm. i got a okay. couple things here. I, I, I distracted us because I wanted to finish one thing on the Browns. Because the other sort of popular bet is the Browns to win the AFC North, which I'm also against. Brad, what is your take? Uh, what are the odds on that, Chad? I can't remember. It's like plus, I think it's like, oh no, they're, uh, they're the favorites yeah, in this they're one. The favorites. They're, they're like minus, I want to say, one, 170, something like that. 160, oh, 170. Oh, good lord. You think if I'm going to uh, ask the still- question, I would know the answer. 
I think storming Area 51 is a better idea. <laughs> yeah, it's like to me, and you mentioned the nine and a half, even though it's plus money. Um, I still don't like it. Like, I like them under. I am just not buying this team. I think they're goosed so high in their season win total that there's no way, no way I can bet on them. That's like you're basically betting with the public at this point. It just feels like I've lost any value whatsoever on this team. They are, they are overinflated at every level to win the division, yeah. to win the Super Bowl, and I think on their season win total. Mm-hmm. It's a pass for me. It's a pass yeah, or I, under. I, I, I'm actually, I, I did wager on the Browns over while I was uh, at Caesars. I think I got it at 115 uh, on the nine and a half win total. Again, I, I just keep going back to the third easiest projected NFL strength of schedule, and that's based on Vegas projected win totals. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, obviously there's, there's an argument to be made, you know, there's a lack of consistency year to year in the NFL, and, you know, it's a very unpredictable in terms of productivity across the board. But, again, at plus 115, I, I think there is value there. That is the only value wager tied to the Cleveland Browns organization this year. All right, so why do you think my pick with the Colts is sexy and Blackjack does not? Well, I think they have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. You know, they've got everybody back. That's going to be a top-five unit. I think Marlon Mack is on the precipice of becoming an RB1 in 12-team fantasy yep. league this season. Uh, he's, he's an absolute uh, rolling beer keg. Uh, I think he's going to be knocking down defenders left and right, a guy that was very efficient in terms of yards after contact per attempt. Uh, you have Naheem Hines there to supplant him in the pass game, who's an adept receiver. T.Y. Hilton, one of the elite uh, targets in the league. And, you know, they got a number of tight ends. Eric Ebron, his breakout season. Now he's got to regress. You know, he's not going to have 12 touchdowns again. Uh, especially with hopefully Jack Doyle back. But Mo Ali Cox, uh, former VCU standout on the hardwood. Uh, they expect to uh, take a step forward. They've been raving about him. So they can just kind of rotate those big bodies, big athletic bodies, uh, into the offense. Uh, they add Devin Funches as well. Yeah, he's Florida molasses, but, uh, you know, <laughs> long, lanky, big targets, uh, kind of a tight end in his own way. And, of course, the captain, Andrew Luck. Um, you know, he slays Confederates on the battlefield. And also takes care of business on the gridiron as well. And, and, you know, I think he is going to have a banner season. I like the defense as well. I don't see a whole lot of weaknesses with the Colts. And they're middle of the pack, again, according to strength of schedule based on projected Vegas win total. So pull it all together. And even at 11 or 12 to 1, I still think there's some value there. Brad, talk about the, uh, the Chiefs for a second. The Chiefs, obviously, uh, they get Tyreek Hill back with the news that came out last week that he's not going to be suspended. That team looks, I mean, every bit as good as as last year offensively. Damian Williams, I'd like to kind of get your thoughts on him because, to me, he looks like he can fill in perfectly for Kareem Hunt in that offense. Yeah, I agree. I, I am fully both cheeks on the bandwagon planted <laughs> right now in terms of Damian Williams, even in the back half of round two, round two of 12-team yeah. exercises. Whether it's half-point PPR standard, I don't think it matters. I, I mean, let me just uh, extrapolate some data for you, gentlemen. And I understand it's a small sample size, but over the last six games of last season, that includes the playoffs, the Chiefs had a couple of games in, Williams, if you extrapolate what he did over 16 games during that six-game stretch, it shakes out to 1,605 total yards, and get this, 26 total touchdowns. Let me repeat that. 26 total touchdowns. Holy Priest Holmes. <laughs> the modern era. 
I mean, you're right. I, I love the offensive line. I love the offense having Tyreek Hill back. It's a giant shot in the arm for this offense. The biggest bugaboo for Kansas City as a whole is this defense sucks. It is awful on paper. They are going to get eviscerated times. I understand that Mahomes is going to regress off the 50 touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's going to be replicated. Uh, you know, could he hit 40 again? Sure, because he's going to be thrust into a lot of high volume situations, knowing the shortcomings and, ad- and uh, inadequacies of the other side of the ball. But getting back to Williams, you're sitting there, you know, a pick uh, 22, 23 overall, and you're like, God, this guy was just a timeshare, no nothing in Miami. Then he exploded over a, a small sample size last year. Can I really trust him? Dude, look who's behind him. It's Carlos Hyde. He's yeah. a big potato. He's done. So absolutely go all in on Damian Williams. You will not regret it. Uh, all right. Do you agree with the fact that the Chiefs are the only team worth betting on in the AFC other than the Patriots? I do like the Chargers, but I, I have been seduced by the Chargers, I, I think, for the last 20 years running. By the way, you like the- and every single better in that generation. There's just no doubt about I it. I did it last year How in the playoffs. How many times last year did we in the think playoffs against the New Chargers England. are going to be the team and we screw it up every single time? So, Brad, you We did. Hey, you know what? I don't, I don't think the, the line of reasoning was off. Uh, I think we all were justified in our stances. It just didn't shake out. And, you know, that happens in betting. It happens in fantasy. But this is a team, you know, provided that Melvin Gordon signs on the dotted line, uh, relents in his standoff right now with the front office, uh, both really dug in, according to Charles Robinson, my colleague, my extraordinary colleague at Yahoo Sports reporting at yesterday. We'll see what shakes out there because Gordon is a, a key cog on this team. They can't go into the regular season with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson in that backfield and expect them to replicate uh, the results of a Melvin Gordon. But, Again, I like the team as a whole. Uh, I think Mike Williams, the budding star, a guy that uh, I feel comfortable as my wide receiver two in 12-team fantasy leagues. Uh, you know, Tyra Williams is gone now in Oakland, uh, but he's still got Keenan Allen there. Um, you know, I, I like the offensive line. Phillip Rivers got plenty of gas left in the tank, and this is going to be an outstanding defense. I think it's going to be a top 10 unit. Uh, I, I really like this team as a whole, uh, but – you know, then again, the Chargers have broken our hearts time and time again. But guys, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's me reflecting nostalgically on Stan Humphreys and Natron Means uh, from the 1990s. But there's just something about the Chargers where I am always influenced. I am always seduced by the potential and upside. And I can't resist it. Wow. Well, you take a look at the NFC, Brad. I mean, the NFC is feels more wide open than the AFC does. It felt that way last year. You know, we talked about teams that may regress a little bit. What about the Chicago Bears? Because there's no way they can turn the ball over as many times as they did last year. I mean, you would think that number has to come back to earth a little bit. Do you think the Bears are are primed for a little bit of regression this season? Okay. Now, uh, truth be told, uh, you know, open book here. I'm a diehard Bears fan. All right. So I'm going to attempt to answer this question with as much objectivity (laughs) as humanly possible. But I am a little bit biased. I love the Bears. Uh, I love what the Bears look like on paper this year. I think the key addition, the key acquisition they made this offseason was David Montgomery. And uh, I was saying this before the NFL draft. You can follow me on Twitter at Yahoo Noise. I was screaming from the highest mountaintop here in Denver, Colorado, where I live, uh, you know, from the top of Pikes Peak, that the Bears had to get Montgomery. Montgomery was the guy I wanted. Uh, Ryan Pace uh, apparently heard me, traded up, and acquired him. 
Uh, the guy is special. He's so slippery. He made a first defender miss last season at Iowa State on 41.7% of his rush attempts. That was number two in all of college football. He's the only running back in the pro football focus era to go over 100 missed tackles in a season. And he not only did that once, but he did it twice behind a relatively shoddy uh, consecutive seasons uh, of an offensive line that Iowa State put on the field. So uh, he looks to me like the new, the 2.0 version of Matt Forte. And you couple that with uh, Tariq Cohen, who I think could play more of a Tyreek Hill-like role within this offensive scheme. Al Robinson, dependable outside weapon. Taylor Gabriel, multidimensional asset. Uh, Trey Burton, a guy that's no slouch. and can do some of that dirty work across the middle. You hope that Trubisky uh, advances. And, you know, I did a hit on 670 to score in Chicago, and Lawrence Holmes, a great host there, asked me a question. He goes, is Mitch Trubisky good? And I don't think he is, but the scheme <laughs> elevates his game because Matt Nagy is a genius, and he knows how to push the right buttons at the right time. And this defense, you're right, they are going to regress in terms of the turnover margin, uh, but it should be the best unit in football if everybody stays healthy. Uh, I did wager on the Bears at plus 180 to win the NFC North. Uh, I, I went heavy wood on that. I felt very confident about it. Uh, I think they're the best team in that division, though the division is ascending with Minnesota, of course, Green Bay, although the Lions suck, except for Matthew Stafford's beer-chugging game, which is off the charts. But uh, I do like the Bears uh, an enormous amount, and I think you're going to see them just throttle Green Bay in week one. And Blackjack, I actually heard you on uh, the Action Network this morning say you're taking the, the Packers and the points. I'm a LaDuke on this one. Lay the chalk minus three and a half. All right. As a fellow Bears fan. Thank you for fan, listening. As a fellow Bears fan, here's what I have to say. Number one, it's interesting to me that this is the year in which the Bears are just getting so much love from the betting public, and Mitch Trubisky is getting so much love, yeah, not just from the betting crazy. public, but also from professional bettors as the, odd, like, as the guy with the best value to win the season MVP. Here's what I take issue with. I'm not saying the guy's good. But I do think last year, if Matt Nagy leaves the ball in Mitch Trubisky's hands in a couple of games, they win those games. I think he made some bad decisions last year yep. and took the ball out of his hands and got really conservative, including in the playoffs, when Trubisky continued to find people deep. Um, and they could have been much closer than 43 yards on an ice patch and missed that field goal. So... Uh, he might not be great. I don't think he's the guy who should be getting all the money for the MVP, but I don't think he's bad. No, and that's, I mean, he's okay. I think that's uh, the way of putting it. Um, you know, he's just all right. Uh, you know, he's, he's Taco Bell after a heavy night of drinking. All right. It's good in a pinch. Right. Right. You know, give me that big beef Mexi melt. It's going to be delicious. I may regret it tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those uh, decisions you have to make. Um, you know, the one area he really needs to improve is on third downs. Uh, I think his success rate was like 38 or 39 percent, according to Warren Sharp and Sharp Football Stats. Uh, by the way, pick up Warren Sharp's book. I get nothing out of it. Warren does, uh, but it's an excellent resource to have in your stash uh, when you're researching for fantasy or betting. But um, yeah, I mean, he needs to make some strides. Uh, I think his uh, route tree in terms of his ability to pass consistently and accurately was extremely limited, and he's expand that. But again, Nagy having Montgomery on the field, who's a do-it-all back, gives him the freedom 
to move Cohen around, uh, to move Gabriel around a little bit more, and to maximize efficiency. That's why I feel Montgomery's addition is the most important for the Bears as long as the kids can deliver. And you're going to see plenty of them, uh, as Matt Nagy's already come out and said, this preseason. And I think you're going to be impressed with what you see. Brad, how concerned are you about Todd Gurley's knee? I, I mean, you know, we talk on the show about him almost every day now. I, I kind of I've bumped him out of the first round of, of most of my drafts at this point. Um, I, I just don't know what's going on there. Obviously, there's something with it with an arthritic condition, but what are you expecting to see out of Gurley, and where are you taking him in your drafts? Oh, good lord! I am staying far, far, far away from Ty Gurley. Even if he fell to round three, I am not really? willing to. Yeah, willing to spend the draft equity. I'd rather have an Aaron Jones. I'd rather have a Marlon Mack. Uh, maybe Damian Williams if you were there in the early portion of round three. I think they're better. I've got Gurley uh, better options. I've got Gurley at RB21 currently in my ranks. And all you had to do was follow the paper trail. You know, follow the evidence, right? Uh, It's spelled out in in five points, and I'm actually uh, writing an article on Yahoo Sports previewing the L.A. Rams, and I lay the entire case out uh, of why you should abstain from drafting him. I mean, you go back to April – uh, you know, the acquisition of Daryl Henderson at number 70 overall, uh, a guy that less need the GM of the Rams compared to Alvin Kamara. And not only that, but they, you know, signed restricted free agent match the offer sheet for Malcolm Brown. That's a red flag. Sean McVay said in early May, hey, you know, we featured 11 personnel 90% of the time last year. That's three wide receiver single back sets. You know, I think we need to feature more two running back sets this upcoming year. Another red flag. Uh, you go back to Ian Rappaport's report in June saying that Gurley's bell cow days are, quote, probably over. Around that same time, there were rumors starting to swirl that his snap share was going to dive as well. Another red flag. Red flag number four. Just last month, uh, Gurley's trainer confirmed his client is dealing with an arthritic component of his knee. An arthritic freaking knee, folks, and said that the team is managing that. There you go. And number five, on July 10th, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, the running back, when asked about how much his knee was impacting him, he came out, and this is what he said directly, guys. And you tell me if this inspires any confidence. He said, quote, it's good, man. It's good. I'm just like, hey, we're going to find out in training camp, you know? Brad Evans, listen. That was an incredible forensic examination yeah. of Todd Gurley. And that's coming on the heels of an incredible take on the Bears and David Montgomery. You have so convinced me that like I should be taking David Montgomery and betting so much more on the Bears than I should be on the Rams. Is that, the, is that what I should be inferring from this? Yes, absolutely, and condolences to your pocketbook if you do. Hashtag fade the noise. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, here's the other one. And, uh, you know, our friends at the, uh, who do the Action Network Fantasy and Action Network NFL podcast, Matthew Friedman and, and Chris Raybon and Sean Corner, uh, they are in a hashtag draft Kyler Murray frenzy. Oh, my God. They love Kyler Murray and everything about him. Do you have a take on Kyler Murray? I know the answer, but I want you to give it to the people. Uh, let me remove my belt slowly, uh, just by the sheer mention of Kyler Murray. Oh, uh, I do have a take. Uh, I'm in agreement with your colleagues. Uh, he is my fifth highest QB currently in my ranks. 
Uh, and here's the reason why. Look, I understand it's, uh, you know, fear the unknown. We don't know if Cliff Kingsbury's offensive scheme is going to transfer seamlessly to the NFL level. But what I do know is this. It's going to take half the season for defensive coordinators to adjust, to tweak, to pivot, uh, to really fully take advantage of what potentially that offense could give them. Uh, I like the weapons around him. Uh, I think Larry Fitzgerald has a lot of gas left in the tank. I think Christian Kirk is going to rocket to Uranus. I mean, it's going to be an amazing season for him. A uh, guy who was very efficient in his routes, had a high success rate when he was on the field last year. I like Andy Isabella as a water bug underneath. Um, you know, I think David Johnson, he's always aspired to join the 1,000-1,000 yard club with Roger Craig and Marshall Falk. Uh, some little bar trivia to throw out to your friends who's in that club. Those are the only two guys. I think he could flirt with that. I understand the offensive line looks dreadful on paper. But the beauty of the air raid system is spacing. And I equate it to John Beeline's offense uh, when he was head coach at the University of Michigan. It was all about spreading the floor, swinging the ball around, taking advantage of one-on-one matchups. And it is very similar, that style uh, in college basketball and how it's applied to that style with Cliff Kingsbury on the grass, on the gridiron. So uh, I, I think it, you know, with the spacing and opening up the lanes, the high-efficiency short throws, the ability for Kyler Murray to tuck and run, he's going to be a jackrabbit in the open field. People are like, oh, he's so tiny, he's got to get hurt. Look, he played baseball. He's going to be just like Russell Wilson. He'll slide. He'll get out of bounds. All the tape shows that at Oklahoma. He did that. It was rare that he took on a big blast. You pull it all together, guys, and I see RG3 in his rookie season, something like 3,800 passing yards, 700 rushing yards, 25 combined touchdowns. Uh, I have been obliterating every single over that I have seen in terms of player props, uh, you know, that Sandals offered and some of the other legit houses out there. It's going to be a banner rookie season for Kyler Murray. Man, people love Kyler Murray. They really do. They real nobody loves him more than Chris Raybon. Nobody. I've never encountered a human being who loves him more than he does. All right. Well, let me ask you this then, Brad Evans. You're giving me your Kyler Murray take. Uh, I know you have another player on the Packers that you've already bet on. Do you want to name that player and tell us why you did it? Uh, is it Aaron Jones? No, I was thinking uh, Devontae Adams. Oh, I did. Oh, you're talking about the receiving touchdowns. Later we plus- do our research at the Favorites Podcast, courtesy, courtesy Matt Mitchell, producer extraordinaire. Uh, bravo to you. I totally yeah. forgot I made that wager. Here's the uh, note. Yeah, the- Here's the note from Matt Mitchell. Last week, he's, he, Matt Mitchell is a genius. If you don't follow Matt Mitchell, uh, he's unbelievable. Um, last week, it appeared Brad bet on... Green Bay's Devontae Adams at 10-1 to to finish the NFL season with the most TD receptions. Does he view this as easy money? Yeah, that's the lowest hanging fruit, I think, on the board. 10-1 to is a gift. Uh, I honestly thought it would be maybe 3-1, to 4-1, to somewhere in that range. But, look, you got Aaron Rodgers back, uh, hopefully for the full season. Nobody had a higher red zone target share than Devontae Adams did in 2018. Uh, he had 16 red zone receptions. That was the second most of any wideout in the NFL. Yeah, he was number two in, in total touchdowns with 13. Uh, but you just pull that together, that confidence level, that rapport, that relationship with Aaron Rodgers. You know, when Rodgers gets inside the 20, he's looking one direction, one direction only. It's Devontae Adams. And I don't really see that altering in Matt LeFleur and his system. So, for me, uh, I think that is one of the soundest bets on the board. Again, I, I'd hammer living daylights out of it. you got to take out a second mortgage, do it. 
You want to liquidate the kids' college funds? Do it. Devontae Adams is going to lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns this year. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think most people have him usually second or third uh, as the wide receivers on their board right now. Um, when you look over to the NFC South, Brad, and, and the Atlanta Falcons, you know, Julio Jones going through a contract uh, dispute right now uh, with the Falcons. Why are you making those sounds? The Falcons are like the Chargers. I mean, not quite. They are a team that is so not worth investing in, thinking about, betting I'm going to ask him a fantasy question, if that's okay. <laughs> Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley had an excellent rookie season. It's, it's hard for rookie wide receivers to have that kind of impact immediately. What do you think we see out of him in year two? Do you think he takes that jump up to be a, a wide receiver one this year? No, I don't. In fact, uh, I would not invest at his average draft position, a guy that's going right around wide receiver 23 to the wide receiver 25 yep. range. So, you know, around uh, pick 45 to 50 overall. Um, I think there are better options there. You know, in a way, he's kind of the NFC's version of Tyler, uh, or excuse me, he is the southern version or eastern version of Tyler Lockett. I was thinking Seattle was in the AFC mm-hmm. for some reason, going back old school days. Uh, but, you know, I think Calvin Ridley's a guy that really maximized on his opportunities. You know, you look at his red zone target share last season, wide receiver 76 in that category, just 12.2% of the time, only saw the football in his general direction inside the 29 total times last year, yet he had 10 total touchdowns. So what you were banking on are those home run balls. And, again, he had a ton of them last year. He only saw 15, uh, 15.2% of the target share overall. That was wide receiver 70. So he did take advantage uh, of those opportunities in those instances. But Julio Jones, we know he's a target hog. Mohamed Sanu is still there. Austin Hooper, for the love of God, welcome to the Coach Speak hype season when Austin Hooper, uh, the Angels are descending and ooh, ah, because he's going to have like 100 million catches this year, according to Dan Quinn. Um, you know, we have, uh, we have officially lived in the upside down when Austin Hooper's being thrown out there like that. But, uh, you know, you pull all that together, Devontae Freeman back, uh, and healthy, hopefully, you know, Smith will take on more of a secondary role. I just don't see the target share increasing, and I, I just don't think it's bankable for him to get back to double digit touchdowns overall. So he's one of the guys that I am steering clear of. Give me a Tyler Boyd instead at a very similar price point. Here's my last question for Brad Evans, who really knows everything about fantasy and betting. I bet the Cowboys to win the NFC at 10 to 1. In favor or against? Uh, boy, that's a tough one. If uh, against, give me a team with better value. I, honestly, at 10 to 1, I think that's an extraordinary value. I can see it. Um, I don't know if I, you know, maybe a couple of beers in, I would be convinced. Oh, yeah, I'll throw a Ben Franklin on that. Why the hell not? Let's let it ride at 10 to 1. See if Daddy can make some money. Uh, make my wife happy. Um, so, it's kind of, I mean, you look at the offensive line, it's, it's still one of the better units in football. It's going to be a top 10 unit at a minimum. You know, they got to figure out the Zeke Elliott situation with a contract because he is the engine that pumps the pistons in this offense, whether it's on the ground or through the air. Uh, Mari Cooper, they're going to have to deal with that contract dispute. Everybody's kind of waiting on Michael Thomas and what, whether or not he's going to sign for what he wants at $20 million a year. Uh, and I like Dak Prescott a lot in, in reality and especially in fantasy because you're getting him right now like QB 17, QB 18, and I think he's going to be a top 12 QB when it's all said and done. A guy that scored six rushing touchdowns in three consecutive seasons, uh, you know, those scoring duelists 
uh, like the Kyler Murrays of the world, the Josh Allen's of the world, uh, Lamar Jackson, they all have a tremendous amount of fantasy value because they always have high floors uh, given their multi-dimensionality on the field. So, you know, if the defense is, you know, a top 15 unit, you're winning that bet. You're definitely going to win that bet. I-, I like how this team is constructed, and we know that Washington blows. We know that the Giants put them in concrete boots and sink them to the East River. They're terrible. Uh, so it's, it's really Philly and Dallas, and uh, you know I think Dallas is right there to contend. All right, the last team that I want to talk about. What? This is really your last question. Well, he just brought one up that, like, everybody is talking about Philly. Everyone thinks Philly is the team to beat in the NFC. Everyone is excited about what they can do with Carson Wentz being back full year from injury. I'm not buying Philly. I'm not buying Philly on their total. I'm not buying Philly as a Super Bowl favorite. I'm not buying Philly as the team that all of a sudden everybody believes in. Uh, they're in the conversation because they have the fourth easiest schedule, again, according to projected Vegas win totals. Uh, again, I, I like, I think they have the best offensive line in the NFL. Pro Football Focus agrees with me. Uh, that's where they rank them. Uh, but can Carson Wentz stay healthy? That's the $64,000 question. He's yet to do it. And, you know, if he is bitten by the injury amp and it's catastrophic, uh, I mean, it's a game changer. Nick Foles isn't there anymore, you know? So that, that worries me. Um, the ground game they got to figure out. I think Miles Sanders is enormously talented. And I think the cream will eventually rise to the top, and he'll take that backfield over. Uh, but it's going to be turnstile. Jordan Howard's there. You know, it could be decent in a pinch, uh, as we've seen. Guy that can definitely score inside the red zone. Corey Clement there. Darren Sproles has been around since, I believe, the Bronze Age. Uh, he's, you know, back in that backfield. Corey Clement's there. You know, it's, it's rotational, but I think they really need a true blue three-down running back. I think Sanders can be that guy, but it's going to take several weeks for them to get there. I like Alshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, one of the more sure-handed tight ends. And the league, again, it just boils down to Wentz and his health. And based on the track record, what we've seen, um, you know, he suffers an injury and it's, you know, substantial, then Philly is in a whole lot of trouble. But, uh, again, just looking at the surface, looking at the strengths, looking at how easy the schedule is, I understand why people are fully on the Eagles bandwagon. Brad Evans, at Yahoo Noise on Twitter. Go read his stuff. It's phenomenal. Uh, he's doing a little more betting stuff this year. He's dipped his toe in there. Uh, a lot of fantasy stuff. Host the Fantasy Football Hour on TV. He's everywhere, man. You got to go. You got to find his stuff. Just find any platform that people are on. He's available. This is accurate. Uh, I am. And I even uh, dance on the street corner for change. Oh, I, nice. thought, so. I thought Blackjack would weigh in and be like, yeah, you know what? He was really good today. Uh, Brad, I called him the best guest we've ever had. I know. Well, you could follow it up or something. I didn't know if you were done talking. You love the sound of your own voice. Uh, because Brad, I hate spectacular the sound job. of yours. Spectacular job, Brad. Uh, in the face of nothing but adversity coming from Chad. Good job. Uh, I appreciate it. Make sure you give LaDuke a hell for me, all right? Will do. Brad Evans, Yahoo Sports. Thanks so much for coming on. The Favorites. All right, this has been The Favorites from the Action Network. Download it wherever you download your podcast. Apple Podcasts, radio.com, slash The Action Network. Rate, review, subscribe. Until next time, this is Chad Millman. That is Blackjack Fletcher. Love you.